Welcome to Lit, a podcast dedicated to life, liturgy, and the pursuit of holiness. I'm Bryn. And I'm Justin, and we're coming to you from beautiful Austin, Texas. Where each week we're talking about liturgy in everything from daily living to following Christ. Welcome back to Lit. We are doing a special podcast today to talk about the spirituality of giving in light of the Christmas season and all of the gifts that are being exchanged among friends and family this year. We wanted to maybe take a step back from the the, the kind of everyday part of, of giving and think about um, what does this have to do with our spiritual life and our spiritual living? So we today are going to be talking about the spirituality of giving and uh, of course, uh, Justin is here to fill in all of the the details from the early church and and tell us uh, what we should be thinking about. Um, but we're also going to just talk about the kind of practicalities of what giving looks like um, this year and how giving might seem a little bit different during the pandemic. Um, but again, if we take a step back and think about the bigger picture of our giving as the spiritual practice, um, then I think we'll see too that maybe it's not so different this year after all. Um, so not just, different at all, not different yeah. at all. Uh, and I think, you know, for me, when we start talking about giving of any kind, you know, the first thing that usually pops in people's mind, especially when two ministers start talking about giving, they're like, oh gosh, here goes the annual giving campaign or stewardship. <laughs> But it's so much more than that because giving, you know, I like how you said the early church. I'm going to talk about the early church because I'm about to, I'm about to do that. So in the early church and in, in really throughout Christian thought, and if we go to the passages of scripture that are often used to talk about giving, I, you know, you and I were discussing before this recording uh, in first Peter, uh, every good gift comes from above and it goes on about that. And then people often quote charitable giver passages. But really, if you go into scripture and you and you kind of and you kind of look at how the early church was looking at it, if you do both of those things, what you realize is that the giving that's in scripture and the giving that we talk about is because it comes from a place of a recognition. First of all, recognition that all that we have belongs to God, and we hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. But the reason that's important is because in that recognition that all that we have belongs to God, we look out on the creation. And we look out on the body of the faithful, which is every single person that walks the earth, and we realize we're connected to them. And that my gifts that God has bestowed upon me, that only I have, only I have those gifts. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the misnomer when we talk about spiritual gifts or gifts in general. Is we assume other people have gifts. They may have similar gifts, but you have your unique set of gifts. And God is constantly calling us and calling, this is what the early church talks about, calling us to cultivate those gifts for the betterment of the creation. Yeah. So recognizing that we're unique and we have gifts and then recognizing that we're connected is what becomes the driving force for us of sharing what we have, whether it be spiritual sharing uh, or what we like to say, I guess, in, in, in the words of stewardship, time, talent, and treasure. All that may be really simplified, but in the sense that do we share what our time for the betterment of the kingdom? Do we share our talent for the betterment of the kingdom? And do we share our treasure for the betterment of the kingdom? And I can think of no better time of year than this particular time of year when giving takes on a whole new life. That's so fascinating uh, to me to watch the patterns of giving that will take hold of folks for these three, four weeks 
uh, in December where it's just ramp up giving and we wrap those gifts and we give, give, give. Um, and I wonder how many of us stop and think about what, what makes, what, what potentially is inside us that's driving us to do that besides some kind of superficial stuff on the surface that we tend to latch onto. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Heavy. I, I think so. And, you know, not to continue to, um, you know, sharpen the point, but some of our giving at this time of year actually becomes stressful and, uh, you know, can become not about the unique um, exchange between two people um, or uh, the connection between two people, but then can become about obligation and can be you know, a a frustration Um, in a lot of ways. I mean, sometimes it's just you give because it's expected and there's an obligation and you don't think about it. But other times it just is hard to know what is, you know, what to give. I mean, you probably have certain people in your life who are just really hard to, to give something special to like, Either they, you know, you you don't know what they really want or they have all sorts of things then and don't, you know. And so it can just be hard to know what to give sometimes. And yeah, that obligation, that sense of obligation this time of year that or gosh darn, you get something in the mail. Like you get a gift that you didn't expect. And you're like, oh, shoot, I got to go buy them a gift. <laughs> you know, and it's that obligatory. And that's kind of really misses the point if you will in reality in that example i should just accept that gift and not feel the obligation i should fight this is what the early church fathers i think would say fight the urge to have to reciprocate it out of some sense of obligation Mm -hmm. reciprocate it if i feel so inclined to share some aspect of god's love in the form of a gift that i want to give to that individual if mm-hmm. there's some way I want to help them cultivate their gifts. See, and that's the thing. Underneath all of what we're talking about is that word that you and I talk about a lot on here is discipleship. Yeah. Spirituality. If we went back to the Middle Ages, the word spirituality would not exist. They would have looked at us and said, what are you, what are you talking about? Yep. Because it was discipleship. And we've since unpacked it. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with how Christian thought has developed that. But let's not fool ourselves. We're talking about discipleship. And if we're talking about discipleship, we're talking about how we cultivate the gifts of God or work with God to cultivate God's kingdom in the world. Mm -hmm. So this year, I know because of the pandemic for me, part of what what I've done, I may be jumping ahead when we come back, but I'll just share this thought. Part of what I've tried to do is really think about the people around me that are uh, more suffering, uh, people who've lost somebody whether it be to COVID or just yeah. in general, because anybody who's lost anybody in the last eight months, yeah, it's been hard to celebrate their life. It's been hard to do and compound that with this time of year, which is naturally hard for people who've lost loved ones. Yeah. I try to think about those people who've lost jobs, I've really been thinking about a lot of people who've lost things in various ways, whether it be loved ones, friends, family, or jobs, uh, houses, cars, means of, of sustaining themselves. And those folks, I've really tried to think about, okay, what, not here's a million dollars and it's going to fix everything. No. What, what's the thing that would be a token of God's love in their life? 
that's authentic to who I am and what I think God calls me to do, the gifts I have to share. Mm-hmm. I've really tried to think hard about that. So that's manifested itself in the most creative gifts. I wrote a letter. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a prayer. I I did use, I did get some Visa gift cards for some folks to help with mm-hmm. a couple little things that I know they really wanted to do. Um, I, I even, gosh, I even got Starbucks cards for somebody because <laughs> I knew that for them, it was a special treat and it might sound funny, but to them to be able to get that Starbucks, you know, was going to mean a lot. So I just try to think that way versus, okay, let me go buy a bunch of random things, random stuff, and then just hand it out. I really yeah. want to put a lot more intentional thought, but also put me in the gift because I think that's where God calls us, right? He calls us into the midst of our giving. Yeah. Because again, we're inextricably linked together. And how do we cultivate the body of Christ? As Paul will say, how do we lift up the body? Because there's a part of the body right now that's hurting. How do we glorify that part? How, how do we how do we do that work? And this is Christmas time. It uh, could not be a better time to try to figure that out, to do that, to look at the body and our part of the body where we are and say, okay, what can I do to, mm-hmm. uh, to do that very thing? Well, I think that your example is, is a really, um, you know, your story is a really good example of what we were talking about just a minute ago of, of highlighting that, the the spiritual practice of gift giving is is one an acknowledgement that everything we have absolutely everything we have meaning even the time that we have here to live our lives among other people um in addition to the resources that we have whether it is you know the resource of of objects that we have or the money to buy those objects um or our skills, our particular abilities to do things, um, all of those things come from God. So, so one, there's that acknowledgement of that. But the second part is an acknowledgement that um, those things allow us to make unique connections with other people and that we have those things not for our own benefit, but so that we can be connected to other people um, who, who benefit from us. Um, you know, it's kind of like the, the parable of the talents that we had, um, in the, in the lectionary several weeks ago, where, um, where being able to offer what we have rather than sort of hide it away is what's praised, um, in the kingdom of God. Um, and, and so we, we have a lot to give, um, you know, we have a lot to give, even just in virtue of having having been given a life that we can live in service of other people. And, you know, that seems to be uh, what you're highlighting with your story, that um, that we have something that we can give that will be for the better of other people. Could you imagine if all of us remembered that we're so unique and that we have so much to give? You know, just waking up and thinking, look at this, as you said. You know, and actually to be really personal, as you know, I was, I died, I got COVID and I um, live with that sucker for the last couple of weeks and mm-hmm. thankful to be here. 
and still have a road ahead of me, like many people in my demographic, I have to continue to watch my heart and all sorts of weird things post COVID, Mm -hmm. which you hope don't, don't manifest themselves. But (laughs) that time really made me think uh, about and give thanks for, you know, such a roller coaster, give thanks for the ability to be here Mm -hmm. and to, to try to figure out how to share my gifts. Now, am I perfect at it? No. I definitely had bouts of anger and frustration control because that's the biggest thing that hits us this time of year, right? Is uh, especially with this pandemic and it's hit us this whole year, really, is we want to control. Yeah. And really, and that leads us usually to anger. And then anger leads us to do things that probably aren't reflective of what God wants us to consider, especially in interpersonal relationships. We start pushing people away. We, uh, you know, I think a lot of people got heightened about the political uh, arena in the United States because mm-hmm. that was a mask for talking about what was going on underneath us. I mean, a lot of what people were dealing with and the way they were acting out about this public uh, debate, uh, as important as it might have been, the the rhetoric and the and the frustration, anger that was being levied on both sides of that coin, I think was a lot of us hiding what we were doing. And now all of that brings us full stop to this time of year where it's usually very stressful for people as you as you highlighted and then you have the obligatory nature and then everybody's figuring out how in the world do I do this this time of year uh, and in actuality we probably should just take a deep breath give thanks for the breath that we just had mm-hmm. give thanks for the life that we have even if it's not what we hoped it would be or what we want it to be and that may be easy for me to say because my life hasn't thankfully, has it been super interrupted? But I can think of times before COVID where my life was interrupted. And, and I fought and fought and fought. And it wasn't until I finally just took a deep breath that I realized, okay, the world's not coming to an end. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's hard. It's hard depending on how bad those circumstances are. Take a deep breath. And then you start to look out and you think, okay, what? At least for me, I start to ask the question, especially from my discipleship, my understanding of discipleship. What's God asking me to consider right now? What can Justin do? Because that's really the key, I think, to giving is waking up and realizing how we can participate in the world. How do we participate Mm -hmm. in a conversation? How do we bring the other, the neighbor, the friend, the connection, the body of Christ? How do we bring that person up? How do we help them to fully realize their potential and their gifts? You know, and that's really, I think, the crux uh, of giving. I mean, of spiritual giving, if you want to call it that, or discipleship giving, or whatever the right word is for this, is how do you help that person fully realize their God-given gifts, talents, and treasure that lives within them that's only theirs? Yeah. And that's that's part of that dignity that the early church talks about, that when we hold each other, and when we, when we support one another, when we give to one another, that's to help that person fully realize their potential. It's to help them find the stillness to see that. So I imagined in my mind, going back to my examples of writing the letter and giving these gift cards, that the person was that received those were going to just pause for a moment and not feel guilty. I actually said that in the letter to the person I wrote the letter to. Not at all. I just want to remind them that they're beloved, just like I am beloved. Mm-hmm. And that they have gifts to share. And I'm so thankful to know them and for them to be a part of of, uh, being willing. And actually, I told all of them this in their cards, being willing to share themselves with me so that I can better understand God. And that to me is the trick. 
how do we help people cultivate those gifts that we start to we start to understand? I start to understand God more fully in the revelation of God in that other person. And I think a gift is a great vehicle for that to start to happen. Well, and one of the things that that comes up as I listen to you talk about that and that I think is a kind of um I don't know, maybe like a a hidden aspect of of the practice of giving um but has a a serious spiritual component to it is receiving because the other side of giving is having received something and in particular at Christmas we all celebrate the gift we've been given we celebrate the our reception of the gift of the incarnation of Jesus becoming um man to be with us you know we we call god um or we call jesus emmanuel which means god with us and that's that's the greatest gift that any of us can be given because that's what allows us the life that we live that we can then live in service to other people so the other the other very spiritual side of giving is receiving and sometimes receiving is hard for people um you know sometimes people don't want to receive because they don't want to admit an experience of not having something already or of not being enough or having enough all on their own um but one of our practices then at this time of year is 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 an admission that we do not have anything on our own um apart from the life of Jesus Christ that connects us to God um and so yeah we we are sorely lacking without god um so i think there's an opportunity in the exchange of of giving um gifts at this time of year to also practice how we receive gifts definitely and here's a great example a personal story of something i struggle with in terms of receiving a gift so gifts like we're talking about christmas well we're talking about a lot of different gifts but I, a part of our focus is on christmas gifts but let me talk about receiving praise, which is a gift. When oh, someone yeah. compliments you, oh yeah, I have always struggled receiving praise. And uh, thanks to my lovely wife, Vanessa, and that's not sarcasm. I'm truly thankful. She calls me out on it. So here's a great example. This happened last night uh, at St. Luke's on the Lake. We're reading a book. There's a, a little program, a little class I do called Reading with the Rector. Matter of fact, it's today at noon and we're reading Waking Up White. And this church member texted me last night as she started reading the book. And she just has been so impressed by the book and by a lot of things that we're doing at St. Luke's and the courage that she feels I've had to, to lead us to, to have some convert, create space for these conversations to happen around racial reconciliation, other topics that historically haven't really popped up at St. Luke's. Um, and I, and I, of course she goes, she writes this text. She goes, you're such a good inspiration. Thank you. And in typical Justin fashion, <laughs> I steamroll it and just say, because I don't do a good job receiving that because I don't actually believe myself to be that. I just said, thank you. And then I said, we're studying today at noon, you know, <laughs> instead of like, thank you, like truly thank you. And, and I, what I, what I should have done, and, and I'm actually going to do it as soon as we finish this 
I should have said thank you. And I'm so thankful for your support and your gift of being a part of it and willing to share in the conversation that we're having. Because ultimately, I'm growing as you're growing at Incarnation. I'm growing at St. Luke's by the mere fact that people are willing to come participate in conversations with me, not just in formal mm-hmm. settings like reading with the rector, but just in conversations with me. Yeah, yeah. And receiving that has always been so difficult for me. Uh, any kind of accolades, I just don't see it in myself, mm-hmm. which I know is a, an issue a lot of us have. And when I receive, like when I receive a gift from somebody, which inevitably is going to happen more than likely in the next week or so, I'll have church members, people stop stuff off, things will show up at my house. It always happens. Mm-hmm. I'll just sit there and and I'll think, I'm just not, you know, and they'll come with nice notes and cards and I'll think, oh gosh, I'm just not worthy of all of this. And then I'll end up wanting to do out of obligation and want to send things back, which isn't the point. Those people didn't send me those gifts so I could send something back. Mm-hmm. So it's this vicious cycle for me of I'm really not worthy of all of this. And and then I have to shake myself and then hanging out with friends like you who call me out on it and my wife. Why <laughs> are you not good enough? You know, why are you not good enough? Because ultimately I think that's where God looks at all of us and says, you're good enough. You have shared your gift. You've opened yourself up to these folks. You've touched their lives. They've touched your life. They're acting out of that in support of this, these human bonds that connect all of us together. And you are doing the same thing. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. So I, I have to really work on that though. It's hard. It's very hard to receive sometimes. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's a really good example because that happens all the time, you know, that's not just a, a Christmas thing, but, but something that we struggle with on a, on a daily basis. Um, yeah. So I think perhaps as we wrap up, it might be interesting to talk about how things look differently and maybe they're mm-hmm. not so di- to your point very early on in the intro. Um, it's not so different. Why is it not so different, Bryn? Well, I think, we're all looking around and seeing what is different about the, about giving at this time of year. I mean, um, you know, so many of us are having to order everything online that will be given to other people. Um, we aren't, you know, going into shopping malls and going to craft fairs and, and, you know, um, finding all of our presents because we spotted across the store and it's the perfect thing for that person. And, you know, there's, there's a real enjoyment in that kind of sensory experience of, of giving that is missing this year um, because, because of our isolation and because of staying home and, and doing all of those things to, to keep us safe, um, which most of us are doing. Um and so it just looks a little bit different this year. Uh, and actually, when we were talking about Christmas um, last last weekend in our Sunday school, um, it was my dad who who pointed out that, you know, when we get to buy presents in person, even if we're going to put them in the mail and send them to somebody else, Um, when we go buy it in person, we have a kind of interaction with the item, you know, we get to see it, we get to put our hands on it, we get to wrap it up, we get to send it. Um, 
we're we're a little more engaged with the gift. But if we order something online and have it shipped directly to the person, then we'll never even see the object that we gave to that person. Um, and and that does feel like a loss um, because we miss out on on you know the the sensory experience of of giving. But as we've talked about here today, um, there's still, the gift is still just a representation of the unique exchange between the giver and the receiver. And it still comes from the same place of, of love and the intention of goodness um, that, that we offer in the gift giving. And so from a spiritual perspective, the giving is no different at all, um, is not different. Yes, we're missing out on the the sort of satisfaction of the giving um, that we receive in the giving. Um, but but the fact of the giving, the spiritual nature of the giving really hasn't changed. No, and, and that's the trick, right? So one of the struggles that we have that we haven't touched on, but this is it's it's a it's a bit of a a deeper issue than that. You know, because I do think there are people long to be a part of the gift exchange. And usually that comes in the form of purchasing something, holding it, packaging it up, putting love into the pack. Kind of like when a chef makes a meal or or I won't say a chef, but like when I go home, if I wasn't feeling good, you know, especially when I was sick, I wanted my mom to come and put love into that chicken noodle soup, put yeah. love into that. Uh, there's something about that. But that makes it more about me than the actual action of the item. And another way we do that is if this time of year, this will inevitably happen. People will give gifts and the societal norm is you write thank you notes. And if you don't get a thank you note, are you going to be upset? Hopefully not. Because if you gave the gift in a way of helping them cultivate God's love within them or God's light within them or their own spiritual uniqueness with God, if that gift can become a symbol of that, even if it's something as, as material as a, a, an iPhone charger, I don't know, something like that. <laughs> we give it with no intent of wanting something back. The The thing we get back is the love and respect and connection with that other human being, not a piece of paper that says, thank you for the gift. I realize mm-hmm. the society tells us we have to do that, but let's not fool ourselves. That has zero to do with the spirituality of that gift. If we truly in our hearts are saying, okay, all right, Bryn's dad, I'm going to send you this. Because I know that I want to, I want to just raise, I know this is what's going on in your life and I want to lift you up. I want to just take this moment, lift you up. And I'm going to send that, whether I click a button on Amazon, have it sent to your house or on some other online portal, or if I just uh, drop something in the mail Mm -hmm. that I want to, it's about you. It's about me sharing a part of what God's given me with you in hopes that you'll connect even more deeply with what God's doing inside of you. See, that's the part that I think we don't always, you know, and you touched on that so well uh, there that, that we miss that. Yeah. We might miss touching the gift, but it was never really about that. And that may be hard to hear. It was never about that. It was about the connection we have to that other person and how we're highlighting that and lifting that up Mm -hmm. uh, in the form of this, of this gift. And I think that's important. You know, we're all so interconnected. I can't say that enough. Yeah. That we must do that. Yeah. Well, maybe we can uh, end on that note just to highlight the fact that that 
you know, maybe especially in this year, we have an opportunity to see giving um, kind of stripped of some of those other elements that that can obscure what the real nature of it is. Um, but but we can think then of giving as something that really does represent the connection between us and that represents the gifts that we have from God that we are able to then give to other people. Um, you know, an acknowledgement of, of God's unique gifting of each one of us and then our ability to give that away to share that with others um, in a way that, that strengthens the connection between us. Um, And so that won't be different this year. That will be the same gift from God that then we share with others um, that we always have. Perfect. Well, next week, uh, as we wrap up, I do want to encourage everybody next week, we will be, uh, having a guest come and we're going to have a, a very fruitful conversation about what the incarnation is. What does that mean? What is that? Or the second coming, I should say, we're going to touch mm-hmm. on all of that. Uh, what does it mean uh, when we have these conversations this time of year in Advent going into Christmas? So we're gonna have this great theological yeah. exchange, uh, the three of us uh, with our guests and I'm not going to spoil, spoil that. So join us next <laughs> week as we gather to do that. Uh, to do that work. And in the meantime, enjoy that gift giving. And remember, it's more pleasurable to give than to receive. <laughs>